You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. <laughs> he was from Lancaster, you see, and he couldn't walk. He had spaghetti legs from, <laughs> from the polio. And you see, his mama didn't raise him right and didn't get him the vaccine. All right, everybody, uh, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Couch Brotato. I'm Alex. I'm Morrison. How y'all down? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird the, this episode we're back recording fucking 12 31 o'clock at night and we seem to have more energy than we did the last episode we recorded a, like a normal time of night hell yes son pull yourself a dip <laughs> <laughs> well it's been a minute since we've been here in the round table and round look, table i got a square rectangle table that's up to my knee <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a it's a proverbial round table we'll get, uh, we'll, we'll get that round table soon enough soon enough uh and it'll be in a new apartment what? yeah finally got word from the folks they finished the porch they have repaved <laughs> it they have done all the things and by the end of the month I'll be moving, so I'll be celebrating a birthday and then moving <laughs> immediately oh, after. You never ask a young man his age. I'll unless be, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying an old man. Oh, turning 22, sir. Oh. <laughs> I remember when I was 22. What a time to be alive. Nah, 31. Be turning 31. I'll be uh, 34 in October. Yep. So... It's sneaking up, Austin Honest, man. It's sneaking up. Well, I grew up here in the same... This one saying, growing up ain't for pussies, so... Ah. Getting old ain't for pussies, man, so... Well, better wrap this shit up then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like the song says, when September ends, I guess. Uh, Oh, my God. You know, the only good song Green Day had... Really? You think so? No, nah, they didn't have any good songs. Oh. <laughs> I was about to say, but I was like, of all songs, that's the one you pull for the good one. That was that Afghanistan invasion song <laughs> that, growing well, up. <laughs> well, so I, he, that story, that, that song has such a weird thing to it because that's what was being promoted. Yeah. Actually, to go even just into a little tangent before we fully go into our main episode... I have actually found a new respect for American Idiot throughout the years. That's a great album. Well, the main reason I really kind of discredited it and everything is because I am not a fan of uber political records. Even if it's something that I'm sitting here going like, you know, preach it, brother. You know, you're saying everything I want to hear. I I still don't want to hear it. I want my music to be an escape. I don't want to be reminded of the bullshit. I want to forget about the bullshit. And it just really felt like American Idiot was just such a jab at the Bush administration. I just don't feel like listening to such a political record. Well, there was a documentary that came out. Um, I don't remember the exact name, but it, it never got like a wide release. And it wasn't like a bonus feature on any sort of CD or whatever. But it was someone made a documentary about the making of American Idiot. And 
they went into it very much wanting to do a Pink Floyd Queen thing where it was like a rock opera where it had many different levels and layers to it and they wanted to like push the musicianship. And as I'm watching now, I'm really kind of like, you know, intrigued and like enjoying watching the whole process of it being made and them finding different rooms and guitar tones. And it wasn't until the record was recorded and it was in the mixing stage when they were looking at potential graphics and the marketing team literally went, well, since you have the song American Idiot, how about we position this record as a political statement? Yeah, like a protest song. Their marketing team came up with the dress shirts with the red tie. They came up with the whole push the political agenda. And Mike Dirt, the bassist, was even like, eh, I don't know if we really want to like lean so hard into the politicizing of it all. Like if they pull the message, that's cool. But like, I don't know if, and that's paraphrasing. He, he didn't go that deep into it, but like summing up multiple sentences, that was his attitude about the whole thing. And now knowing that like they didn't go into it with this wholehearted, we're going to make a political statement, but it genuinely did come from a, we want to stretch our wings and try and do something out of our reach and let's just see what happens. So I've, I've actually gotten a new appreciation for that record and with it being on the marketing side, Wake Me Up When September Ends is about Billy Joe's dad. Yeah. But... That's that we can't market that. That's not you know a interesting music video. So let's make it about you know the Afghan war, and that's what it wanted to be. And so I, that's I find it so funny that you know so many people still connect that to a war song when so many times after the fact Billy's been like, no, that's like the most fucking like tender, heartfelt, open it up song I've written. It's the most non-fictional song I've written. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> well, the same thing. You know, that, that actually ends up happening with a lot of grunge songs that people don't really understand. Rooster mm-hmm. by uh, Allison Chains is about Lane Staley's dad from Vietnam. You know, that was his nickname, Rooster. It's literally talking about surviving the jungles of Vietnam. Uh, even Flow, or uh, was it? Uh, is it? Uh, it's not Even Flow, but it's another song about uh, Pearl Jam. Uh, the lyrics literally are. His mom came into the room. The man you think your daddy is not your daddy. The man when you were 13 and watching TV, your daddy died. Your real daddy died. Sucks to be you. And that's literally the like, that's kind of how the lyrics are played out. And that's, I, th- I believe that's uh, the lead singer of Pearl Jam, how he found out his real daddy died without him knowing him. Wow. And then you had Jeremy, which was his classmate of his, who brought a gun to school and shot himself in front of God and everybody. So those songs are those things and this like they don't get played like i remember listening to those songs like even flow and stuff and on the radio not really paying attention to the lyrics and then it's like oh fuck man that sucks bro oh well talking about super popular songs and no one paying attention to the fucking lyrics all the other kids with the pumped up yeah, i'm gonna shoot the, all these fucking kids yeah it's a song about mass murder well foster the people are right a lot of songs that way i don't know if you ever <laughs> listened to any other catalog no uh, i haven't it's just a it, lot of it's that it, it also was just one of those where it hit me a good handful of years ago i was listening to that song and it's all of a sudden i paid attention to the lyrics and quit just listening to the droning melody i hear in the background in the mall yeah and i'm just like wait Run better my run faster. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I remember when that, that song came out, and I was like, 
all right, here you, brother. Yeah, <laughs> lock and load. It's fucking every middle school dance. All the other kids. <laughs> but, but, but a lot of those songs kind of fly under the radar. You know, they just, you know, like Detroit Rock City, you know, we know the true story of that, you know, now. But well, there wasn't, well, there was rumors back in the day. Yeah. But, you know, that that is kind of like a rock and roll song about a fan who could have died on the way to the show, you know. Yeah. That, that is not a shot in the dark kind of thing. That happens yeah. all the fucking time. And as you mentioned, it happened after the fact. But, you know, songs like that, uh, Lana Del Rey does the same fucking thing she writes these songs that are just about terrible shit that have a kicky beat and i remember someone described uh in a image if uh, a rose smoking a cigarette describes every lana del rey song <laughs> i'm just like yeah that's about right <laughs> that, really yeah. Does fit. Yeah, that hits that piece of ass good <laughs> well when you were mentioning flying under the radar we're about to be doing the opposite tonight with our taste test mm. uh, again shout out to our lovely listener he knows who he is uh, we are now diving into a new realm of uh, hard seltzers we have wrapped up our hard mountain dews we took a little pit stop down Lipton Lane and that was fucking delicious now the beast the beast monster beast unleashed and initially our lovely listener sent us uh, the only flavor he was able to locate which was white haze and that's what we're going to be trying this evening but spoiler alert at my local harris teeter if someone were to accidentally break a beer bottle in a six-pack or you know one of the paper you know things gets busted and goes spilling all over the floor they will individually price them on discount and put it on a little shelf someone must have done that to the hard uh, monsters and they had all the rest of the flavors there so i went ahead and picked them up so mm. uh, i don't know if that's a positive or a negative but i do have the entire run of monster flavors remember the last time you had a regular monster was willingly yeah <laughs> Ooh. easily five years ago i had one last week oh it tastes like metal Monster is right up there with one of the worst energy drink tastes. That, that and Red Bull tastes yeah. disgusting. It genuinely is. Because my factory, the work the factory I work at, runs on that shit. Red Bull <sighs> and fucking Monster. We just now got double shots in there, which I'll drink a double shot. Yeah, the Starbucks double shots? Yeah. Yeah, which, those are fine. Which I can't understand why they don't sell triple shots. It's only like 10 cents more. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 25 milligrams more of just good old. Kid. Yeah. And I'm drinking a fucking V8 <laughs> on top of that. You know, I'm trying to be healthy. I kind of get a little bit of hydration in there. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I can't be bullying people and not be on caffeine. So I didn't want us to jump straight into the deep end with the classic green flavor, but I do have that. Uh, figured we would at least round it off with all the ones our uh, lovely listener sent us in. So white haze. We'll top. find out how this is. Our obligatory can pop. Ah, bitch didn't want to open up. Oh man, let's let's see what this fragrance is like. Okay, I might not hate this. This smells like just ambiguous lemon lime kind Very of thing. Sprite. Yeah, it's definitely giving just hard sprite vibes. At least on the smell. It almost has a grapefruit kind of thing to it. Cheers, good sir. Del Gribble. Ooh. That is grapefruit. 
That is grapefruit. No. No, no, no. Nothing oh. to the guy that sent it to us, but this, Of course not. This he, is uh <laughs> This is bad. This is this might be the worst one so far. <laughs> I mean, am I only am I the only one getting that grapefruit? Breathe out through your nose and say it. It's worse. Yeah. Yeah, not great. No, no. It, it's it's almost as if grapefruit tried to be a lemonade. I did find a Sunny D vodka. What? So screwdrivers for sale. Oh, <laughs> shit. So, I'm, like, I, like I've been saying, man, they're making drinking and driving fun again. Like, Well, not here. The, the Lipton iced tea definitely makes drinking and driving they, fun. It's easy to slip. I, oh, I got pulled over today. I'm going to bring that up real quick. For drinking a goddamn cream soda. He thought it was a Budweiser. Like a beer. Like a clear bottle beer. Because cream soda looks like beer when you drink it. Well, I mean, it could look like high life. Yeah. But that's why I got pulled over. He thought I was drinking Ow. a beer. But luckily, I had a spare in the car. I was like, no, this is what I've been drinking. <laughs> Officer Hill. <laughs> well, I was just wanting to make sure you weren't you, doing nothing bad. A little bit more authoritarian, but yeah, something like that. <laughs> but uh, I was drinking out of a glass bottle on the way here. So, so I wonder what would be more suspicious, though, that glass bottle hey, or this? The glass bottle, because it looks like beer. I mean... That just looks like a fucking energy drink I throw in the back seat. Yeah, that's, that is true. That is true. It's getting scary out there, folks. Watch the road. <laughs> we, we shouldn't just. We actually let's just. We should say the Something Good Network does not endorse drinking and driving. We should just say that. I about got killed by a drunk driver once. Do tell. Well, I was in Landis, North Carolina, coming home from work. I done. Uh, I can't. Uh, it was uh, one, two. Let's see, twelve. A seventeen-hour day. <laughs> uh, I was coming home from work. Uh, there was a drunk driver. I knew that was in front of me, so I backed off of him. And then uh, they turned off a road, way the fuck off. And then I came to a T intersection, looked to my left at a fire station, looked to my right, and I saw a Dodge pickup rev up and cross to the left lane, mount the sidewalk, uh, cut my front end in half. Um, took the front tire off his truck. He drove another mile and a half down the road, did a burnout in the fire station parking lot or in the yard of the fire station at the intersection uh the first words out of my mouth were fuck uh i got out of my car and yelled god fucking damn it uh and this is at 10 30 at night in the middle of fucking this little town of landis uh there was a fellow on his bicycle asked if i wanted help but then i was just cussing he just you know walked off I, I probably a good too. thing uh what was funny was uh i got the fuck out the car turned around and walked behind my car sat on a easement uh like a little wall retaining wall next to the uh, vehicle and the fire station i'm looking at it probably from me to that fucking wall mm-hmm. and it took him a while to respond because i had called 911 been like hey i've been in a car accident um my chest hurts because you know seat belt uh and i got that weird taste in my mouth from my airbag <laughs> and uh i'm just fucking furious because i bought the car three months ago with 17 miles on it right off the fucking showroom floor god damn dude yeah i like that car um and here come the oh sirens blaring too just sirens i'm right here asshole you're good you could have just turned the fucking lights on (laughs) you could have just ran out here oh and this was like the tail in the winter too so it was like a crisp like 30 outside so you felt fine i'm fine i'm i'm 
pissed <laughs> and like that, that level of pissed where i'm never coming down for a while yeah so uh and you had so that it, level of pissed you also have plenty of body heat to spare you're you're yeah, i'm you're, human yeah you're melting the snow around but like, you a cop had drove by not long after uh and the guy at the fire department he, he got they have the fire truck out there for some reason and he's like here come sit on the mud i'm like i'm good man boy for the ambulance fuck off all right oh, did you see where the driver was? yeah he burnt he did a burnout in your goddamn yard y'all didn't hear it y'all didn't hear that shit and he drove the fuck off a mile mile and a half down yeah. down the road uh i get in the ambulance the cops like hey man uh you said it was a, a dodge yeah man it was a dodge truck i drove one just like it back in 2008 same same make and model all right and then he bangs on the fucking ambulance back door. I'm in the ambulance. Hey, man, we found him. He's, We got him. We'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. I go to the hospital. Nothing's broken. No internal bleeding. I'm fine. Uh, I take a taxi back to my house in Kannapolis. Uh, great guy. $50 later. No. Uh, I had no cash on me. And I walked into my house. I said, hey, man, wait right here. Uh, I kept old money in my house which mm-hmm. was like old like defunct money that should be burned so i gave him two two twenties told him to have a good night uh went to work that morning with osborne went to work that morning uh got a ride back to landis and talked to a cop uh this man who hit me expired license or uh, revoked license driving drunk stolen vehicle had schedule one narcotics schedule two narcotics in the vehicle if he had a dead hooker in the car they would have kept him but guess what they turned him loose so yeah that guy's still out there Landis, watch yourselves fellas damn what the fuck yeah watch yourselves out there uh near kannapolis and on your way to cleveland he might come and get you too <laughs> he might be after you but you no, it was like his third his, it was his third dui third and he stolen vehicle no insurance and he didn't get locked up. No. What a time to be alive, I tell you. What a time to be alive. God damn. We don't endorse but I'm it. Drinking, but I'm trying to drink and drive, and I'm getting fucking hassled over a goddamn cream soda. <laughs> goddamn. Yeah, I, I don't have any stories similar to that other than just motherfuckers not paying attention to bike lanes or sidewalks. No. Those are the only stories I've got. When you drive, you have a lot of weird stories. I mean, you drive as much as me, you have mm-hmm. even weirder stories. Oh, I would imagine. Like, I almost had a guy die. I have a lot of weird passenger stories. Yeah. Uh, I had a guy almost die in my car one time within hours, like hours of dying in my vehicle. I was going to take him to the hospital. He didn't want to go to the hospital, so I took him to uh, this place his buddy worked and helped him out of my car and it's like hey man let me know if you need anything I, you know i can still drive you to the hospital no i'm good right here uh he died like an hour later wow of a massive coronary heart attack yeah he didn't want to go to the hospital man i can't do it yeah it is what it is on that no i know right he took another swig it's it doesn't get better talking. yeah it doesn't get better <laughs> but on that morose note let's go ahead and move on over to our news segment <laughs> We got a couple different things to pick from today. Do we want to go religious? Do we want to go gaming? Or we want to go... We'll start with the Lord. We'll start with the Lord. It has been confirmed that Mel Gibson is making a Passion of the Christ 2. Good for him, man. Him and Jim Caviezel are going to be so excited. 
I hope they get Jim Caviezel because you know you got to recast Jesus. It's going to be really hard. See, my qu- here's my overall question. One, I've not seen the original Passion. I just, do you know? All right, so do you know what the Passion of the Christ is? It's the story of Pee Wee Herman, isn't it? No, that's the Passion of Pee Wee. Oh shit! No, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm sitting here, and that's what leads me to this. I know I've not seen the movie, but as we mentioned even off air before the episode started, it ends at the death. Yeah, it ends at the crucifixion. Yes. Of course, we did not get the resurrection. Yeah, we didn't get the Easter part. We we, we did not get the Easter bunny popping his head out and going, hey, kids. So, so you know, I, I know that's what we're doing in the sequel. And, and this is take, taking jokes and everything out of it, coming from someone that does have a Christian faith. Do we really need the second part? Like, if you're making a religious movie, once you get to the crucifixion and homie dies, like, we know what happens next. That's like, that's the post credit scene. That's fucking, you know, uh, you know, guard fucking slipping on his sandals one morning, fucking putting his, you know, robe on, walks outside, takes a big old stretch, walks over across the hill, looks over and goes, oh, and it, you know, z- does a slow zoom in on the fucking cave with the rock moved aside to it with the fucking Avengers music. You know, and it's like, Jesus Christ, we'll be back, you know, yeah. when question mark you know so it's like you know i get it but we don't need an entire second movie to explain that part so what i'm thinking is the second movie will be about we'll start with the three days after and the resurrection and then what happens to the apostles afterward because each of them for those who don't know they die horrifically (laughs) one by one one gets sawed in twain uh the hard way so uh was there any other way back then in half, a good old waste in half, but this is the long way. Oh, I thought you said uh, sawed in twain. Yeah, yeah. So I thought you. Oh, I thought you said the hard way. Yeah, and so that's a very hard way to cut someone in half. Okay, well, yeah. If you said the long way, that would have also yeah. amazed it. But when you said one, the hard way, I'm just like everything killed. was done the hard way yeah, back so, then. So I'm thinking what it's going to be is the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I think that's just what it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Mel Gibson's head. It, Does anyone? For those who've seen the movie, probably really can probably agree with me. It doesn't have a lot of rewatch value because <laughs> uh, it is a fucking snuff film. Uh, a lot of fucking hardcore religious types would disagree with you. That I remember when that movie came out, there were fucking like church groups that were having like revival field field yeah. trip screenings to this shit like once a month dude like yeah. and everyone was going to it like really are we making this part of our church now they screened it at a church we went to uh because the church had a big screen that would come down from the ceiling uh they screened it there uh and it's a, it's an upsetting movie mm-hmm. because of the gore uh t- if you take out the context altogether it's still a very gory movie like yeah. whatever like martyrs and stuff like that so yes it's, i could only imagine if he was to make a sake a sequel it would just pick up because that the, the fucked up thing is the movie ends with just the crucifixion they don't even show the burial they just right. end it there um even though 
you know what the you know the book says it keeps going yeah so exactly if you're mormon that's he only com- part one and there's a whole second half and if you're mormon the story goes even further where he just comes over here <laughs> to, the, to the united divided so like and talks to the natives mm-hmm. but you know that's that's their part i would be elated if that's what happens in this movie he pulls a mormonism like just goes full off christianity and doesn't the mormon telling of what happens to jesus after where he comes over here and tries to help the natives oh my god to find god and they deny him and that's why they have red skin that'll be fascinating that'd be right that would be right up over with trey parker matt stone's book of mormon i I feel a history we forgot episode coming on all of a sudden oh man i I saw the twinkle in your eyes you started going down that rabbit hole about mormons for days (laughs) because they're fascinating like a cassowary or aliens from mexico (laughs) well then on that note yeah let's swing on over to the um aliens in mexico um I, I up top a lot of misconceptions about this lots of misconceptions one the mexican government did not come out and endorse this statement just because they hosted the event does not mean that was the government coming out and saying hey look at this they provided a public platform for this guy in which the guy even said if anyone can prove this to be fake, please do. Took all about 10 minutes. And someone found out that this guy not only has tried doing this once before in 2006 with failed results. This is not the first time this exact specimen has been seen by the public uh i think it popped up in like 2012 2013 or something and it was like proven fake back then and it was proven fake back in like early uh 1995 yeah uh the year 2002 i think was another one it's it's a fugazi it's Mm -hmm. it's it's not real it's not tangible uh like even homie just being like bro trust me it's real that was an our fucking senate hearing is more (laughs) trustworthy than this fucking thing had nothing yeah (laughs) this guy has less than nothing yeah so i do like there's a fat there's a a heated fascination still because you still want that you know the government is going to lie to you about some things that I'm not going to. That's that is not a conspiracy. That's just fact. The government lies about all kinds of nasty shit they do. Crypto conspiracy truth. Yeah, but like that's 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 but that's the truth about it. It's like if it does come out that they had prior knowledge of aliens, I don't think it's going to be to a point where we're just not going to give a shit because there's going to be so much other shit we're going to be thinking about. I think we're almost there. Oh, we're there. You know people in europe ain't gonna give a fuck about aliens because uh they're gonna worry about whether nato is gonna have to fight russia <laughs> or let me let me rephrase that annihilate russia <laughs> because they're gonna have to make that decision soon i'm not gonna be political but that's a decision europe's gonna have to make to genocide all of russia permanently that's a thing that has to be on the table now mm-hmm. because of their leadership so just in case <laughs> just throw that out there just a possibility the idea of mexican aliens i'm I would have been I would have been if it was a live event I would have loved it if some dude just came out there and just hit it with a stick and just it was filled with candy 
It, but it's filled with like a new a new a new flavor of Jolly Rancher. <laughs> it's filled with a new flavor of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing, you know, variants and shit. Yeah, I wasn't gonna bother going down that one. That's a bit too much real life. <laughs> that's not fun. And um last little bit of fun news uh nintendo had another event and they dropped a whole bunch of new footage for stuff that they've announced and things that they have not previously announced uh some of them that immediately come to my mind uh super mario rpg got a little bit more of a deeper look uh that seems to be really good and paper mario thousand year door is getting a remaster did you play that for the gamecube I never played it for the GameCube, but I have heard a bunch of good stuff about it. It's just I it's much like the Zelda game for GameCube, how you just didn't care for the art style. I never much cared for the Paper Mario art style. I played Thousand Year Door. It was really fun. It it was a gimmick game at the time, uh, but it was neat. Uh, they kind of poured it over to the DS, like Game Boys and stuff mm-hmm. that were really fun. Uh, this little like it's a mario game yeah all its purposes it's just another dynamic uh, they do it they do the same thing in one of the zelda games um a link between worlds where he does this thing where he can basically turn himself flat yeah and meld into a wall and that's how you go in and out of areas but uh no it, it's really fun um it's good to see it ported over yeah because that was one of their you know, only four GameCube top seller bestsellers. I think it had the red label at one point, mm-hmm. uh, like the bestsellers, or no, no, the yellow label. Yep. Yeah. GameCube. Uh, yeah. So those games were always fun. Player's Pl- Choice. Player's that's Choice. What it was. And uh, Luigi's Mansion Two. Yep. That's getting a HD remake. That's fast. That's good. Because that was originally just a DS game, but now it'll yeah. be for a Switch. Because uh, I only played Luigi's Mansion and Luigi's Three yep. for the Switch. Uh, so the second one would be pretty fun on an actual console Mm -hmm. which i think that's another thing too is like the switch is so multi-purpose that you know it being a handheld basically but still a console yeah it's still kind of fascinating you know the other two the other big two aren't doing that there's console only now but there are but they're making innovations too oh yeah but but with nintendo i think they're on top of their game man I definitely agree. And um, some other ones, uh, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider 1 through 3 is going to be coming. Yeah, remasters. Um, I think, what was the other? Oh, yeah, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. That's going to be coming. And, and we haven't had a Prince of Persia game in a very long time. Mm-mm. No, you actually seem kind of interested in that one when I was li- reading um, off of the master list. I played the second and third one that came out for the PlayStation game. Um, oh, word. And GameCube, um, Warrior Within and Sands of Time. Uh Warrior Within was the first game I ever played where it was an all-metal soundtrack throughout the whole game. <laughs> and it is... <laughs> yeah. Like, it's fucking hard. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. But uh, the Prince of Persia games are always fun. It uh, you know does a time travel gimmick, and you know it's really fun. Nice. And then uh, you've also got the new Princess Peach game, Showtime, and uh, Contra Operation... G-A-L-U-G-A? Galuga? Yeah, G A L U G A. So whatever that means. Yeah, Contra's a yeah, Operation Galuga. Yeah, yeah. So that that seems interesting. Hadn't had a new Contra game in a minute either. Contras are hard. Are they fucking notoriously hard games? Uh, but yeah, so those are. I don't. You can play them on the uh, the the mini, and oh, you can play them on nice. the SNES mini uh, if you want to know how hard they are. 
Contra, and then that's where you get the Konami code. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Totally forgot about um, that. But Contra 3 Alien Wars for the SNES is like marked as one of the hardest games of all time. Yep. Like, I'm glad that the SNES Mini came out because you could pause it and, and go <laughs> and back rewind. In, and go back in time. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go there, asshole. And we're also getting another Mario versus Donkey Kong game. Yep. Uh, those were popular during the GameCube era. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Game Boy Advance mm-hmm. era. Um, and yeah, we're getting another one for the Switch. So that I'm seems really, pretty I'm interesting. I'm actually uh, would be really excited for an Olympics game. Mm. because the Olympics are coming back next year in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, they'll be in Paris in 2028. So Usually they do a uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics game. Uh, speaking of Sonic, just real quick, someone released a fan-made concept version of Sonic, mm-hmm. a 3D open-world map of the original Sonic world. Ah, interesting. Green Hills. Yeah. And it looked fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like it was conducive to the Sonic series. Yeah. It had boss fights. It had heel, like Green Hills loops and the speed is still there. Oh, that's good. As much as 2D speed was fun, this looks like this could have been what they were working for before you know they came out with Sonic Heroes. Ah. <laughs> like, but, but it is a massive world, and it's hmm. just and they just did one level, Green Hills. Yeah. And uh, if I can pull it up, I'll post in the Discord uh, if I can find it again. But this was a fan made edit. What? Find the edit or find Discord? Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll post in the gaming part. But oh yeah, when I find it, you'll get a kick out of it, man. It would look like something. Yeah, this needs to be on the Switch immediately. Oh yeah, and get get people back into Sonic again. See, that's the thing is I just wish the Switch was a little easier to homebrew without the risk of totally f- bricking the fucking thing. Well, that's the thing about guys with like PCs are doing. So somebody's already broken a lot of Switch games, especially Zelda games. Um, the only problem with the Switch is they have to dumb down the graphics a little bit because of the hardware size yeah. for the chip size. Um but what's cool about that is it can be also backwards compatible with re-releases. Uh, another fact about the uh, Red Dead Redemption is actually on the Switch library now. Yep. So, yeah, that would be a game that would probably look good on the Switch because it's still PS3. And it does that whole cloud gaming thing where yeah. it downloads the game and bits as you're playing it. Yeah, so that is... That'll be a little bit easier to do. Yeah, uh, that's that's going to be the big thing about the other two, uh, the other two consoles is backwards compatibility because they've already said they're done with the PS4 and the Xbox One S. Yeah, so there'll be no more games ported over to that system. Which now people you ha- hadn't even been able to get their hands on the systems. Yeah, yet. On the fifth generation, but uh recently i played the fifth generation oh shit uh i played you know i've talked about playing tears of the kingdom mm-hmm. for the switch oled uh i played starfield and then i played Baldur's gate um fuck you guys who are making games might as well quit uh <laughs> <laughs> you've played the holy trinity i've played the two newest games and i'm just like i'm now at that moment was like i'm not gonna buy a ps5 and i'm not gonna buy the new xbox because i can't afford it yeah but goddamn, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> this is the golden era of gaming. This isn't gaming hasn't been this good since the SNES Sega Wars. Oh shit! 
I'm fucking serious. Like, PlayStation was cool when it came out. Game Boy SP was fun when it came out. Lighted screen, it, flip, oh, it flips yeah. like a wallet. Yeah, it's fucking great. That could all go into the goddamn garbage, dude. Because <laughs> guess what? These two games have created the most massive do what the fuck you want to do game. Mm, that seems to be your favorite. But like that is the end of gaming. You're gonna. This is the pinnacle of what you. Well, can, people said that about Minecraft too. Uh, Minecraft is a builder, but this one is. I can literally meld the story a thousand different fucking ways in Baldur's Gate because it's a D and D game. Yeah. Starfield is literally if I took Outer Worlds, Fallout Four. And No Man's Sky, which is a unlimited galaxy discovering game, and put them all together. See, I was hearing not so good stuff about that game, though. I played it; had no bugs, hmm. not a fucking bug in it. Interesting. I've been seeing people that have been playing with bugs. Mm-hmm. They may have got an early release of it, or they just never updated it. I yeah. don't know. I can't say nothing about their hardware. But right, my right. buddy, you know, he's got the newest Xbox. He's got the fucking PlayStation. I played these two. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and like it's not a size issue anymore, guys. Like on, on data size, size doesn't matter. It doesn't not in gaming no more. You know why? 16 gigs. That's how big Zelda is. Yeah. It's a massive open world with three layers. Starfield is literally a galaxy and it didn't break the barrier on data. Nice. It's not even the largest data of any game. Oh yeah, Baldur's Gate, same fucking thing. For RPGs, this is the golden age. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> I'm serious. And uh, we've also been getting a little bit more uh, news about the potential upgrade to the Switch or like the newest version of the Switch coming out. But it's all non-substantiated. It's all things that have just been bouncing around for the last year or so anyway. But I do have to mention that. Um, Anytime you start seeing a new batch of rumors and leaks, it usually means something is kind of coming up around the bend. So I would be shocked if we didn't see something at the latest by spring of next year. Yeah, if they were to launch a ad ad campaign for the Switch in time for Christmas of next year, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox, new, I don't even know what it's called now, uh, will probably be worried. Yeah. Because I think Netflix has kind of hit the thing with the... Uh, Nintendo. The, the, yeah, uh, the Switch has really hit the, the nail on the head with the Play Store, mm-hmm. the subscription service, which they got from Xbox. Xbox Game Pass, I don't know if you've ever looked yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, I had it. But uh, the newest Game Pass... There's no reason to buy games. Like if you <laughs> to, have, to have your physical disc, to have your physical copies is nice, but if because have, all of a sudden they just click that button and your gold service is taken away. Yeah, but if you're not, if you just have access to the whole library of games when you get the Xbox Game Pass, mm-hmm. I'm not. I have no reason to go shopping because yeah, I can play a game, I'm, but I can play a full game for free with that game pass that's what i'm saying it's kind of like so what happens when they take game pass away well if they take game pass away guess what i don't have a fucking xbox anymore i'm selling that motherfucker <laughs> buying a playstation <laughs> right but, but i don't know i guess because i'm very much like you on that i'm a huge spotify user you know spotify is my gold pass essentially so i pay for spotify i use it but 
if I were to wake up tomorrow and Spotify was just like, yo, <laughs> this has all been a huge fucking Ponzi scheme. We've been money laundering, you know, whatever. We're closing up shop. See you, bitches. And just like could not get access to the app anymore. It would take me a long time to have to rebuild my music collection, you know, from either a physical or digital download aspect. So I've kind of been looking at like gaming and movies like that, because even with streaming services taking away a lot of their original content, you know, even HBO has been taking off a lot more of their original content. It's more important than ever that we have a physical copy of this media that we enjoy. Yeah, but I'm, I'm still saying, like, you, you can go out and still get it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying you're having a oversaturation, mm-hmm. much like a streaming service. But to say that they'll take it away is kind of like Mark, Microsoft saying, we're selling you a bill of goods, and we're just taking away the goods part. <laughs> which is not feasible in the gaming aspect because once you download the game, you can put it on a separate hard drive through Microsoft. Yeah. The DCRMs and shit like that. But like my buddy still has some of the original games that from his Xbox one S saved on his Xbox one S that aren't going away. Yeah. But on his new Xbox, he can still download stuff from the game pass that stays permanently on there. If he wants to add a hard drive to extend the space, he still can. Yeah. That's something I think Microsoft and Sony are going to keep doing just because uh, making actual... The only problem they fuck you on is you're still paying a full price but buying a digital game yeah. where there's no manufacturer or distribution costs. Exactly. That's it's meant th- to be cheaper. That's the only thing they're fucking you on. Uh, but that's the only reason I buy physical copies from Nintendo. Yeah. Because I like the case. Yeah, they're cool. I, uh, I, I like the little The cartridge. only problem I have with nintendo is there's no booklets in these goddamn things i love the booklets they dude. don't have them they don't exist they just build a giant case they just look at you and say fuck you but please just put a little booklet in there it's <laughs> just, just something. even a pamphlet or something tell me tell me something <laughs> i mean i i get it you're you're it's a clear case and you're making more room for the artwork on the inside fantastic let me enjoy the artwork after i take the booklet out i do like the double sleeve where you could take the uh uh the sleeve out of the uh, the switch case and yeah, t- flip change, it over flip it over the artwork the reversible artwork is always cool especially for the Zelda games and, and and it's also just an additional middle finger that they don't have the book in there because the tab is still there yeah it has tabs in there the, for no the, the fucking little holder is still there yeah but they don't put anything in it yeah it's a waste of time <sighs> I remember cracking open a, a GameCube games. And the manual. You had a novel. Yeah, and but you remember the last five pages were blank because for notes. Yes, for your own cheat codes and shit. I I filled that bitch up. I filled it up. <laughs> My buddy, his he had a Game Boy OG Game Boy. I forget. I think it was Link's Awakening or something like that. One of the DX games. Yeah. Uh, that you can now play on the streaming app. Uh. That's what it is. It's a streaming app. Um, <laughs> but it was index cards taped together that you unfolded into the map. Interesting. Of Hyrule. Huh. That his mom made. Wow. Because he would play it with her. That's cool. And she had detailed section by section and then made index cards and taped them together. With little notes. So I thought that was really cool. 
you know that's that's something else when you that's a yard sale kind of find you know yeah like oh fuck i found a a copy of a you know super mario world in the box open the box and there's a little notebook piece of paper do this 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 you know it's you know still little stuff like yes or yeah. like a street fighter game when you're when you're just up like, down left turn yeah years. where it's just all the fucking move combos and shit because those were in the books too yeah yeah those are all in the books because they wanted you to know yeah, beat they, your friend's ass but they didn't have an option in the games like an built in game option where you can just look up moves yeah fucking cool thing kids about, these days with their goddamn internet <laughs> i had to wait for my mom to go to walmart to look at the cheat code game the triple c uh, magazine and just kind of memorize that shit because <laughs> i didn't have a phone with a camera i didn't even have a phone you fucks triple c coming back at you you remember triple uh triple uh cheat cc.com oh yeah yeah that's mm-hmm. how that's how we learned boys and girls oh, back yeah. in the day when you uh, want to know uh, scorpion's special move in armageddon <laughs> uh when i had um spider-man mysterio's revenge on game boy advance the only way to get to your save spot was with a password yeah so i found a website had that all had the all the passwords and we didn't have any printer paper so what i did i nope I had horrible penmanship. I did not want to write it down. I knew I wasn't going to be able to read my handwriting later. I ripped out notebook paper and fed it through the fucking printer. <laughs> so somewhere in my uh, stacks of fucking boxes somewhere is like a stack of fucking notebook paper that's actually been fed through the printer. <laughs> I was an asshole. I just ripped the page out. <laughs> Well, that's what I did. I ripped the page out and fed it through the printer. No, I'm talking about on the books. I just ripped the page oh. out of the books. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't that kid. No, I was, I was an asshole. Well, speaking of assholes, let's go ahead and move on over to our main topic where we talk about some assholes that love to kill. <laughs> Yes, we have already talked about horror movie franchises today, but we're going to look at this like heavy metal. We're going to talk about the big three, the big four, the the main the main heavyweights. The four horsemen. The four horsemen of the horror franchises. We've got Freddy. We've got Jason. We've got Leatherface. Yep, and Michael. Mike Myers. Out of those movies specifically, which would be your favorite franchise? Yeah, probably Thirteenth Man. Now, why is that one? Because because he's doing the Lord's work. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. So we, we've so we, in fear of treading down, you know, familiar waters of something we did a couple years ago. I, we've d- discussed, you know, the you know different movies of Friday the Thirteenth a little bit when discussing it. So not necessarily even why they're your favorite movies but like why does that villain in that franchise really pull to you it's all about revenge that's what it stems from from the first movie to the very last he what he is doing is an act of vengeance he's a revenant this is exactly what he is he's he's a revenant um in the first movie you know his mom kills the counselors that killed his that killed her son and takes revenge on anyone who tries to rebuild that bullshit camp on the property. Right. She gets killed. As an act of revenge, her son, full of hate, comes back and kills counselors. And that's that's you know it's a very simple premise. Uh, just like all the other horror movies, it's based on vengeance, just like Nightmare on Elm Street, yep. Halloween. 
Leatherface to a lesser extent. That's not really based on video. That's just psychos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> degenerates. Um, but no, this 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 was the one I grew up with because at the time it was the longest running franchise. When when There's I like fucking twenty movies. <laughs> yeah. So so you got one through eight, then you got Jason goes to hell, and then you have Friday the Thirteenth, the newest movie, mm-hmm. which is basically a revamp of one, two, and three put together. Got it. And so far, it's ended there with. 10 movies or J- 11 movies account Jason X in space. Yeah. But, but with those, and Freddy versus Jason and Freddy versus Jason is a, a 0.5. Uh, <laughs> Cause it was in the nightmare on Elm street. Yep. Um, but with that franchise, it was so mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, because with that and Freddy Krueger, everybody went and saw those movies. Not everybody saw Halloween. They saw the first two, but like, uh, Leatherface, you know, Texas chainsaw, you really had to be into that shit yeah well, that, that was a diehard fans but Freddy well, even that that was very hard we'll, we'll talk about that later but uh, you know those parallel franchises made horror made horror uh, pop you know pop horror um, but Jason was just fascinating because he didn't talk yeah whatever he was saying you just manifested in your fucking mind uh, it was a great way of telling horror back in the day it still is a little bit uh Kind of like when you watch a horror scene and they don't really show it, so they let your mind's eye kind of feel psycho. The, yeah, uh, psycho uh, reservoir dogs when he does when he chops the cop's ear off. He ne- you never actually see it, but it's in your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like uh, um, when you watch, uh, I just recently watched two horror movies back to back: Sleepy Hollow and uh, Silence of the Lambs. You don't see him eat the cop, but you in your mind's eye you see, <laughs> you see him, him eat the cop. cop. <laughs> yeah, um, so. Those movies did that for me because, you know, it was campy gore. Mm-hmm. It was super fake with practical effects, but it looked cool. Right. Right. Um, when I got older, I appreciated them more just because I knew what, what kind of practical effects took and, like, the detail it went into it. It's hard to do that shit. Oh, yeah. And the original guys that played Jason had to be in shape. Uh, from two, three, and four, they had to be in proper fucking shape and by the time seven comes along when he's fighting basically the x-man gene gray <laughs> like he has that's kane hotter that motherfucker is tough uh, uh david hammer a uh, friend of ours met him in real life and mm-hmm. talked about how yeah that motherfucker still got it oh yeah um but you know my dad showed me those movies because he was lucky enough to see the double features back in the day um he remembers seeing friday the 13th 3 3d in person and it was a mm. double feature so, and if if you guys get a chance, and uh, I used to have it on DVD. I used to have the first eight on DVD in a box set that came with the red and blue glasses mm, that worked on any, yeah. that worked on any television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in there, the practical effect is a uh, practical effect puppet snake that comes out. And my dad's like, back in the day, it looked like it killed the woman in front of me. Like he, he <laughs> yeah. talk, he he's like, that's fun as fuck. You yeah, know, that, that's a niche thing. Um, and with those, and another thing is, it's not always Jason when you watch those franchises. Wasn't the Jason? Was well, it always? One? Yeah, Jason's. Uh, it's the mom in that one, in uh, the Tommy trilogy where he fights. Uh, uh, the mom, you stupid bitch. Yeah, and uh, but in the top in the Tommy trilogy where it was Corey Feldman, uh, 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 three, four, and five. Uh, in four, it's not Jason. It's a guy whose son got killed, and he takes the ma- He takes 
he dons the Jason persona and starts killing teenagers. So it kind of has a scream feel to it then, you know, yeah. but before that was before scream. So, mm-hmm. um, and then he get more convoluted. He goes to Manhattan <laughs> in the eighth one. He goes to hell in the ninth one. He goes to space in the 10th one. Yeah. He fights Freddy in the 11th <laughs> one. And like, that's, that's fun. Yeah. You know, that's, that's where you want that. It's over the top because now it's a pop culture icon and that's why I love them. I got a tattoo of the fucking shit. <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, when you mentioned us talking about this, I was really having to wrap my brain because I really do love the Four Horsemen. Yeah. Although my least favorite of the four would probably have to be Freddy. Freddy, Freddy Robert England made that character. Yes, Robert England is great. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the Freddy franchise. If, but if you're a fan, if you're a fan of '70s horror you kind of see why they went down that path of and i am a fan of that but it just i think i just can't get over the first movie and just how bad shit it is yeah but another thing is like some of our favorite actors and a- favorite actors of our parents came from those movies oh yeah uh heather langenkamp uh johnny depp mm-hmm. J- uh, kevin bacon you know they all came from those franchises uh, J- uh jennifer aniston started in the fucking leprechaun series uh leonardo DiCaprio. uh critters three so like but i would have to say out of all of those the one that stuck with me the hardest has been texas chainsaw and the reason being for that one is i remember seeing halloween i remember seeing you know friday the 13th you know all all of these and they they freaked me out they were creepy they were scary but i'd always heard about Texas Chainsaw. I had never seen the movie. Um, I had gone over to Russ Ward's house, and he had that exact poster that you wound up uh, gifting me uh, that's still up in the kitchen. Uh, He had that poster, but it was signed by uh, Leatherface. And I remember just staring at that poster and just being like, that's so creepy. And I had to be maybe... 11 12 somewhere in that area so i was definitely at the age where i really wanted to start seeing more horror and i was i asked russ about it. i was like what's that movie about he goes oh it's creepy you know he gives me a quick little rundown he he adds like the extra lore to it and he's he's egging it on to it and man and it was just based on it. based on a true story about this cannibal and all this other stuff really build it up oh my god <coughs> but then i never got to see it he didn't have a copy of it. He's like, I, I can't show it to you, man. Plus, even if I did, I don't think your mom would let me show it to you. I'm like, oh, fine. It took years to finally see that movie. And for the fact that it took forever to see it, I think it left a bigger imprint. Yeah. Because there was so much, so much buildup. It wasn't even just like we saw a trailer for a movie and were hyped about it for three to four months before it finally came out. It was... I heard about this elusive, super scary movie, and I can't find it anywhere. And I found out recently that the reason we couldn't find it is because it literally was not available. That movie has gone through so much bullshit when it came to distribution that what the movie came out in what the early 70s, I believe. Yeah, like 76, 77, or 78, yeah. Around the time Star Wars came out. Yeah. It did not get an official home movie release until the mid-90s. It bypassed that entire VHS revolution of the 80s and did not come out until the 90s because of it being banned 
in a lot of areas for it being heavily censored and edited. Actually, no correction. There was a heavily censored version that came out in the 80s that was missing like 15 minutes of runtime. And it wasn't until the 90s that you're able to finally view the movie the way it was originally shown. So by the point I was starting to get into it, there was probably only one or two issues of that movie that was out. So it was heavy in the bootleg community. And if it's heavy in the bootleg community, that means it's been copied on a copy on a copy on a copy, which means when I saw it, it was grainy. It was blown out. The audio was fucked up and it added to it even more because it felt like I was really watching something I wasn't supposed to be seeing. It looked like I taped it off fucking two o'clock, you know, public access. And just something about that movie, though, has just always stuck with me. The absolute menacing towering stature of Leatherface the absolute brutality and non-caring the whole movie is like as soon as you step into that town you've stepped into hell no one is there to help you no one there is on your side the entire family is fucked the whole town is fucked you are fucked because you entered this town and the only way to fucking save yourself is fucking drenched in blood in the back of a pickup truck is homies fucking running after you wielding this chainsaw fucking two inches from your face um another thing about this this was around the time where you could get away on the idea of pitching a movie the great the great icon poster itself is based on a true story Yes and no. It's based on Ed Gein. The Milwaukee Madman. Alright. The Devil of Plainview. He killed two women. And he wore skin. Native people. That's what that's based off of. Psycho is also based on that. And a couple other horror movies. Toby Hooper, the guy who made this movie, wanted to go to the extreme with this. So he came up with a six foot three, 300 pound madman who wears the skin of his victims, mainly women. Okay, yeah, that's okay. I can understand that because Ed Gein was a very small man, but he was stout, like he was strong. Mm-hmm. Remember, this guy dug up graves. I don't know if anybody knows about this. It's hard, it's hard to dig up a grave. <laughs> you I be, know. But uh, you got to be strong. You got to be tough. <laughs> you got to make a man out of you, like the Mulan song. <laughs> but what was cool is what's fascinating about that line of movies compared to the other three is one thing. In Havenfield, it's a town. Camp Crystal Lake is a camp. Elm Street is a town. Those people are already there. They stumble upon the the Hewitt family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what I love about that. Like that that franchise is a whole like it's a whole new thing. You know, those other three are like, oh, in my hometown, there's a killer. These people are on a fucking road trip and get lost. This is not your hometown killer. No, you went into the killer's backyard and just didn't see the sign. And honestly, I would say that with the concept of you made the wrong turn and now you're fucked kind of concept of Mm -hmm. a movie, I feel that Texas Chainsaw does it better than Hills Have Eyes. Hills Have Eyes is is a rough movie to watch. Because that era, that era of movie making, 
was really focused on assault mm-hmm. um, because sexual assault had just became a actual real crime nationwide. People forget like you could legally do that to a spouse, you know, all intents and purposes. But they were showing how horrific it was. I yeah. spit on your grave, last house on the left, no hills have eyes. Yeah, that's what those movies are about to bring up like a basically a forefront to it yeah but the creepy thing about the hills have eyes is these are victims of the government (laughs) (laughs) these are war victims like these people were being forced out of their houses and nuked (laughs) and so like that is a whole different thing this was about a family who just stayed in a dying town Mm -hmm. and that was a true story up until that point because there was a horrible recession that happened at some places and especially texas Towns pop up and die all the time. Uh, a great example of this is uh, the guy from last podcast on the left, um, uh, Marcus Parks. He talks about this all the time. Uh, little towns he lived in are no longer exist in Texas. Wow. This dude graduated as a valedictorian because his school only had 30 motherfuckers in it. So, yeah. Wow. So, you're talking about Texas as being as big as it is, but these little towns growing and dying on the vine um that was a big kind of issue toby toby hooper was kind of pointing out like look these people are desolate they're Mm going to do what they take and from a fucked up point of view they're doing what they have to to survive they could leave but they can't really leave why leave when all these teenage (laughs) girls are just showing up on our front door yeah this one's in a wheelchair it's like a pig in a blanket like what the fuck (laughs) that was another thing too was what what's really fascinating is if like, if we don't talk about the whole the whole storyline, the making of the movie is just fascinating. I know I really love the behind the scenes. Yeah, and I, I, that we can go to a whole episode just talking. We all just do an episode of Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, um, but the other movies afterward, just like Friday the Thirteenth, get fucking batshit. Uh, well, the second one turned into a comedy. Yeah, the second one. I am the king of the chainsaw. And it's just <laughs> du- this, uh, was it? Uh, was his name? Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Just losing his goddamn mind. <laughs> and then, um, one a few years later, with Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey going at shit nuts. is mm-hmm. Batch. I remember that movie on the shelf at the video store, because you talked about it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was one of the first movies I grabbed when I first started going to the video store in 2000. That one, Piranha, and... Uh, oh, God, Piranha. It's Alive, which was about demon babies being born, uh, which taught me all I needed to know about sex <laughs> and why I don't want children. Um, <laughs> but those were the three movies I had, and my dad was one of those guys that's like, I don't really give a fuck about your age. Let's just watch it. Yeah. So when I was little, I watched Amityville Horror. You know, I watched those, and I like hearing my my dad, my, my nieces right now really love scary movies. Oh boy! So my dad's like, I don't think I'm going to show it to him. I'm like, get the bull fucking shit! Nah, nah. I was eight. That's, that's, that's when Uncle Chris comes over, and nah, you're like, all right, we're watching Evil Dead, <laughs> the new one, the new one. Yeah, we're gonna pop him in the wood chipper. <laughs> but like, no, no, no. You showed me these movies, and my dad's just like. Oh man, I didn't know that was that bad. Like, what? What? What the fuck did you just say? It's that grandparent thing. Yeah, you probably yeah. see your mom do uh-huh. it now. Yep, yep. Oh no, get the fuck out of yeah, here yeah, with yeah, that yeah. bullshit. Nah. Whoop her ass. <laughs> like, I, I talked to my nieces. I'm like, how old are you? She's like, I'm eight. 
what was I doing when I was there? I was cooking. No, no, you make your own goddamn eggs. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> you yeah, make you, your own you, goddamn You food. almost continue to coddle them, and then you double check. You're like, wait, what's your age? Oh fuck you! Come on, go I'm do sh- your thing. No, you're 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 tall enough to the stove like I was. We're going to, we're, I'm going to show you how to make eggs. You're going to hurt yourself, but then yeah. you're going to learn. I got a nice little uh, little runaway scar on my goddamn hand yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Don't be a pussy. Shut up. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's that I'm starting to be that old man. It's just like back in my day, we had to watch soap operas with our grandmothers because no one could watch us. <laughs> Uh, and, and out of all those, you know, yeah, you got Friday the 13th, you've got Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, and even Texas Chainsaw. But I would say Michael Myers is probably the most iconic visually out of all of them. Mike Myers. A.K.A. William Shatner. Yeah, William Shatner. Uh, Mike Myers is so unique because it's loosely based in reality of a young kid who murders only to grow up to finish the job. Yeah. And it's a very, it's actually a very feminist movie when you watch it, um, because which of, is why it's on my bottom of the list. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a very feminist movie because this guy is the epitome of evil, mm-hmm. and it's a man, and it's showing that Jamie Lee Curtis, a woman who actually has a relation to this person, has to fight them. Mm-hmm. And wins, in all sense of purposes, wins. Yeah. And it's it's you know it's that final girl thing because everybody forgets up until that one point, women died almost every movie until Jamie Lee Curtis came along with like Prom Night, fucking uh, that one movie about the train and this movie yeah. Halloween. So Jamie Lee Curtis is the one where no women the woman's going to survive, guys. <laughs> And she's gonna be fucked up for it, mm-hmm. you know. And then later on, when you watch Friday, uh, uh, Halloween two, yeah, it gets more horrific because he didn't die. And those movies, those two movies, are fucking solid. Like, oh yeah, that, uh, me and Hammer talked about it in length off the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. We'll probably talk about it more with the Halloween season coming upon us. Oh yeah, uh, getting getting geared up and getting this episode. oh yeah, getting geeked the fuck out, man. Well, see, because I've been getting. In my version of it, because uh, getting this far in the episode, I'll, I'll reveal a little bit of secrets. I've been getting back in the bootlegging, and I've been upscaling some old Misfit stuff, which has also kind of made me fall in a little bit into my horror punk aspects with it being Halloween coming up. And yeah, with all the fucking song titles that are references to old horror movies, I kind of want to do the thing of like, let's go watch all these old B and C grade horror films that are like, all these titles are based off of like Astro Zombies you know and shit like that. You know what's fucking ironic about all this? I grew up in a video store watching all these horrific horror movies and never, ever, from then to high school, never listened to The Misfits. And that's insane because you could have just walked through that horror section and seen so many song titles like Astro Zombies, Horror Hotel, you know, The Abominable Chud, yeah. you know, shit like that. And it's like, never listened to them. <laughs> nah, but I was just like, I got Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I got Led Zeppelin. That is the crazy thing with how much you do love horror. You never d- uh, dip your toe into the misfits. And, and, you know, this is why, you know, with someone like Christy Phillips, who grew up in a fucking video store as well, mm-hmm. we get along so well because we talk about these terrible fucking things our parents let us watch when they fucking shouldn't have. I'm like, there are some horrific movies I should never have seen at the age I was. Like, they were like NC-17 horror movies that were just still on the shelf. Like, yeah, hey, you can grab one. 
my mom yelled at me because she looked at the title one time because my mom was responsible yeah and she's like what the fuck is this it was piranha 2 the spawning and she's like what the fuck is this i'm like it's a horror movie and and she gives the okay (laughs) did i did i share the one time mom kind of let me bite my fucking ass when it came to renting a horror movie no so we were walking through the video store and of course being a big um frankenstein fan i'm walking through the horror section and uh we spot mary shelley's frankenstein with robert de niro yes mom 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 i want to watch frankenstein Oh, I I don't think you'd like this one. Here, you want to get the black and white one? Nah, I've seen that one. I want to see this one. I want to see all the different Frankenstein's. Yeah, but I I I remember seeing previews for this one, honey. I don't think I don't think you're gonna like this. Bear in mind, I'm like seven, eight years old. I don't think you're really gonna like this one though. I think it might be a little too scary for you. It's not like the other ones you're used to seeing. I want to see it. <laughs> I remember as clear as day, her face shifted from kind of like that caring mom of like trying to relate to her son and kind of gently explain, you might be a little too young for this. Wait a couple years. All of a sudden shift to, I bet. (laughs) I could see on our face still to this day. And she went, okay. You're good. Yep. Took it right off the shelf, held on to it. We finished shopping. Big old grin on my face. I get to see another Frankenstein movie. Fast forward about a day or so later. Pop that bitch in. I literally got to the fucking birthing scene where he's like slipping and sliding all over the floor. I stopped the movie. I stood up and just like walked to my room. And it, it took me a day to finish it. And it wasn't until a couple years later that I fully finished the movie because I got past the weird... Because, honestly, it's what freaked me out seeing De Niro's butt. I was just like, I don't want to see guy butt. Ew, that's fucking weird. That's gross. Ew, guy butt. That's what weirded me out the most because I really didn't want to see Frankenstein's dick either. I finally got over that. Semi-fast-forwarded that whole scene. Kind of endured the rest of the movie. Was getting kind of into it. And then the biggest nope happened when fucking the monster shoved his fucking fist into the girl's chest and ripped her heart out and was like just holding it, you know, giving that fucking speech. Nope. Nope. That threw my ass into shock. I was just... I was grabbing for that remote so fucking fast. I turned it off. I ejected. I rewound it. And then ejected that thing so fast and put it back in the case. I was like, what do you think of that? Mm-mm. Nope. 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 Don't don't want to talk about it. Fast forward about a week later. My ass is still jumpy from that movie. I refuse to go into dark rooms. It fucked me up. Mom's friend that loves being a little asshole. Rest in peace. Barbecue. I love you, man. Um, he came to visit, and this man was bald-headed and kind of looked like De Niro in the fucking movie. So what does he do? Rolling in at fucking 8 o'clock that night after grabbing some dinner. Hey, little Al, why don't you go in there and turn the light on for me? You, you can do it. He's like, come on, man, it's your house. Go in there and turn the light on for me. Uh, it's at the other end of the fucking living room. I am like, I am fast walking through this fucking thing to get it turned on motherfuckers like fast walking behind me and i didn't hear him as my hand is reaching looking for the light he just leans down and gets right next to my ear i could have shit my pants and fucking gone to heaven i thought i was just done for so yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> that's probably the only movie I saw when I was younger that I just really shouldn't have seen. It it traumatized me for a good solid few weeks. And what's really what's really fascinating just about Frankenstein itself, you know, that is the first sci-fi and first horror novel of its kind. Mm-hmm. Mary Shelley invented sci-fi when she wrote Frankenstein. Nellie Sherry was a real bitch. <laughs> yeah, uh, and there's a fantastic story about that whole thing. It's a, actually a writer's retreat. Lord Byron's involved. It's fascinating. Yeah, a lot uh, of sex. We'll, we'll cover that. Some on, drugs. We'll, we'll cover that on History We Forgot. But, uh, but with that being Mary said... Mary Shelley was a whore. <laughs> no... She was crazy. She she had a little bit of loose morals for no, the but time. No, she wasn't loose. She was crazy, though. <laughs> she was legitimately crazy. Uh, but with that being said, those are, all four of those guys are examples of Frankenstein, an unstoppable force that can't be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Even, even Freddy Krueger, as small as he is, yeah. in your dream, he's whatever. Yeah. And that's that's another thing is, we talked about it a long time ago um, with another guy on this show. Um, this is where I, I, I'm going to piss a lot of people off when I say I like the remake more for Nightmare on Elm Street. Really? Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, is really fun. The practical effects of killing Johnny Depp with a blender in a bed. Super cheesy. It is cheesy, but guess what? It's all done upside down, filmed. Yep. It's slowed down, and it looks fantastic. It's still got a little pull to it. Yeah. Heather Langenkamp, great scream queen. The artwork itself on the cover mm-hmm. was fantastic. I still have that poster. Um, Robert England is such a in-your-face character. Oh, yeah. yeah. Manic. And the whole time, you're just like, this guy is the epitome of a monster. When he kills the first girl after she has sex with her boyfriend and she's on the fucking ceiling getting torn apart like like there's a great white in there like you know <laughs> and, and, the, and the guy is just like as much of an asshole he is freaking the fuck out mm-hmm. and then only to just just turn the knife a little bit he gets blamed for it yep freddy's just an asshole at the top of his game but he's still an asshole when they remade the movie with rooney mara and all them they tricked you up until the very end almost oh no the town murdered an innocent man and now he's it made you think that freddie's justified in killing the children <laughs> of, of havencroft like you you think that and then at the end near the end of the movie you find out oh no freddie in real life is a real fucking monster in mm-hmm. real life yeah Nah, we need to kill this motherfucker quick, fast, and in a hurry. See, that's why I think that, because that was the original idea, but they weren't allowed to do it in the first movie. Right. They didn't want to put that uh, child predator aspect on it. Yeah. Because they knew they had a franchise as soon as they filmed it. So, yeah. This is our guy. And then they made the second one, which is the gayest horror movie <laughs> of all time. We're not talking about that today. But the third one. If you're a fan of rock and roll and metal, that is the metal horror movie of all time because they Even got more than Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, because Return of the Living Dead was like a punk rock heavy metal fever dream. Yeah, because they got a uh, 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 45 Cult to do the fucking song. Yeah, and, uh, the Cramps. Yeah, the Cramps. Uh, which is weird. If you look, do, look up the song "Party Time" by 45 Cult. 
there's two versions. There's the party time version, and then there's the real God. Party all the time. No. Party all the time. There, no, party the, all the time. The 45 Cult redid their own song for that movie. Yeah. Called Party Time. But the original song is called Song of Sabine, which is about the brutal murder of a five-year-old child. <laughs> but that's what they're Party singing. all the time. Party all the time. <laughs> it's party time. <laughs> and Linnea Quigley's in it. It's fucking... She's full frontal half throw through the movie it's fucking fantastic if you watch the second one it's a fucking retcon to the whole thing but we'll talk about that later so out out of all of our uh different killers weapons of choice what do you think is a more iconic do we uh we've got our knife hands Not Michael we Myers. have the traditional knife we've got the chainsaw and well i think we got knives twice on the list uh Jason uses farm equipment. Um, he's, he, he decapitated a woman with a shovel. So he he can actually... Jason, in all intents and purposes, doesn't need a weapon. Because he literally put a girl in a sleeping bag and beat her to death on a tree. <laughs> but what I'm asking, though, is their weapon. The most so- iconic is Michael Myers with a butcher knife. Really? Because... Fun fact about all these guys. They have a limit. Except for Mike Myers. He kills children. <laughs> children. Yeah. <laughs> he will murder children. And I think when it came to the remakes, these past remakes, as much as fun as they are, even with the Rob Zombies, which I was a personal favorite of mine because God of Thunder by Kiss is playing. Oh, yeah. Where he beats that kid to death. I'm just like... Fuck yeah, bro. And my buddy's uncle was still alive. He was like this huge goddamn Kiss fan. And it was just like, what are you listening to? I'm like, we're watching the new Halloween movie. He's like, no. It's God of Thunder. I'm just like, hell yeah, it is. (laughs) And that's such a cool song. But the butcher knife with Mike Myers, Mm -hmm. he will pin you to the wall with that motherfucker. Yeah. And grab another one and go grab the next motherfucker. His his whole persona is that mm-hmm. a mask and a knife, and it's so simple, and yet it's the most terrifying. As much as a, you know, as much as a chainsaw is terrifying, you know, just the scariest part for me in that movie mm-hmm. was when the young guy goes into the house, turns around, and the giant sliding door opens, and Leatherface comes yeah, down uh-huh. with a meat hammer, yep. and it makes a noise, a wet crunch <laughs> noise that. And right before he hits him, he turns around and the camera shifts mm-hmm. and you hear it and wham. That's the scariest part for me. Fuck mm-hmm. the chainsaw. Fuck no, him. I doing, agree. That is a very intense. Fuck clip. him running a 440 after this cheerleader. <laughs> like and catch it up with her, by the way. He had her dead to rights. Like this is watch watching Ray Lewis go down after a fucking right receiver. Uh, he would have killed her, right? But the chainsaw is, to me, wasn't the thing. It was the meat hammer Mm -hmm. and the hook. That's what got me. The chainsaw is just icing on the cake. But Mike Myers, a butcher knife in the dark and the amount of force he's using. Because you got to think about this. So so more scary than Jason with a knife. Yeah. Jason actually doesn't really use a knife in the whole series. He doesn't use a, a knife. He uses a machete. Yeah, I consider that a sharp bl- object. Yeah, yeah, he uses a machete, sometimes a hatchet, but he's really good with a pitchfork. 
He's damn good with a pitchfork. How is he with a hockey uh, hockey, stick. <laughs> hockey stick? He never uses a hockey stick. He steals the mask from a from another kid. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, if I remember correctly, if you hold this to a trivia, with the spear gun, that's how he gets the mask. He kills a fat I guy. I think with I a, remember that. Uh, uh, episode three or fucking uh, <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> Friday the 13th, episode three, slow, slow crawl out of the lake. Dun, dun, dun. Jason, <laughs> still alive. Um, no, nah, he kills a fat kid with a spear gun coming out of the water and yeah. takes his mask. Yeah. Fucking metal. I think, honestly, the most iconic out of all of them is my least favorite of the franchises. I think Freddy with his knife hands is more iconic. Because just that alone. Like, for instance, if I were to just put up an image of the butcher knife... There's a few things that could come to mind. Mm. Lately, mainly because I just finished watching the franchise, first thing that would come to my mind would be Ghostface. Yeah. That's such an ambiguous weapon. I'm looking on the wall right there. It could be related to Chucky. You know? He ran around with a knife. You throw up the chainsaw. That could be Leatherface, but that could also be Ash. You know? There's quite a few people that have wielded that chainsaw. Who else has a fucking glove with knives on it. Yeah, that's that's a you know that's a Wes Craven original. Oh yeah. Period. Um, what sucks is Wes Craven wasn't allowed to go as all out with it like he was supposed to until New Nightmare. Mm. New Nightmare is probably the best retcon of any horror movie because of the way they upgraded the makeup and basically put razors on his goddamn hands like. Yeah. In the first one, you know, it's knives. It looks kind of makeshift. But in New Nightmare, it's what the first poster was. was these curved blades that came out. And yeah, it's, it's very iconic. Like, if you saw a metal glove with blades coming up, yeah, it's Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Period. No more, no less. Um, but, you know, to me, it was simplistic with the Halloween cover of a mm-hmm. pumpkin. One of the layers of the pumpkin is a butcher knife with the hand coming down in it. That is one of the best horror movie posters. And that that's that's something we could go down. And top five best horror movie posters. And you t- you know what's fucked up? All this uh, all the original ones are lost. Damn near the that Friday Thirteenth poster I had that I gave to Cap as a gift. That is an original. That is one that never got released to theaters. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a new print, but like, oh yeah, you know, but it's not. I thought you were I saying like that was. Of, I, I didn't parrot it out of a fucking theater that burnt I, I, down. I, I, th- I thought you were like passing off some like old shit, and I'm just like, does he know what he got? Because I don't think he it's like still, treating think, that the way it still it needs to be treated. It's still, in your, case. it's still in your storage unit, probably. Yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> but no, in that in mine the, is still up on the wall, Chris. Yes, yes, it was that kiss one I had. Well, I th- and the um uh. Texas Chainsaw one. Both the posters you gave me are side by side up in the kitchen, the room you've inspired me the most in with your cooking. I, uh, I make it the curse room. Uh, I will say, behind that kiss poster is a warrior's poster. Nice. <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure that's where that one is because I can't find the son of a bitch and I used to double stack them. <laughs> well, when I move at the end of the month, I'll check. Uh, but uh, no, the, the one I had was the variant that never really got released was a axe and a pillow with 13 notches on it. Yep. That was the original idea until someone did the blue and black uh, silhouette of the teenagers with the backdrop of Crystal Lake. 
iconic, very simple. Uh, then you have the Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, you giant white letters, and it comes at you like 3D. Yeah, that, that's very iconic. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, that poster itself of her face the she's in the tub that, that is so creepy it's covering her face and then there's like this little demon drawn on the side and you it's never shown in the movie but it's like it's like this thing that was probably cut uh but it's all hand drawn yep. by uh, uh, a artist named uh, jonathan henson who drew the originals uh he did a lot of work for a lot of metal bands like keel um i think another band called uh 10 years after or something like that anyway he did a lot of you know rock and roll posters and stuff kind of uh, like Pusso. yeah 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 uh but with texas chainsaw that's a hand-drawn one mm-hmm. um later on they do realistic posters because the poster for uh texas chainsaw massacre 2 is a parody of the breakfast club <laughs> i know that's why i said it's just a fucking comedy movie yeah that was just a comedy uh, and the ones later on are just kind of over the top uh they do die down a little bit mm-hmm. until you get to like dream warrior dream warrior had a really cool hand drawn where it was the glove laterally and each kid between the knives mm. walking and it's also the dock and album cover uh for that album uh so they they shared that one um and some other horror posters are just too iconic. Yeah. Uh, Hellraiser of just the lead Cenobite pinhead. You know, that's always going to be on the forefront every time. Well, and kind of a wrap-up talking about the big four of the horror franchises. We don't want to get too deep in the weeds in any of these because we could make an entire episode on each one of these characters coming up. I do want to ask, though, so we've got our Mike Myers, we've got our Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, Freddy Krueger, definitely the four horsemen of the franchise. Do you see a future where, down the line, Ghostface is now one of the tops? Of course. Because we've had a few tries since then, whether it be It or Chucky, but it feels like none of those really have the staying power. Like the new It's do, but like that doesn't really have enough behind it to be another iconic franchise face. We have enough Scream movies now to where Ghostface could be in 20 years a iconic franchise face. Scream, definitely. Chucky, definitely. The problem with Pennywise mm-hmm. is you had two great actors play him. You had Tim Curry and Alexander Skarsgård. Or, or, I don't think it's Alexander Skarsgård, but anyway. Yeah. He was born to play that role because he's a massive human being who can twist his eyes yeah. uh, in real life. It, ask Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. It scared the dog shit out of him. Um, but there are so many other people who don't have long-running franchises other than Scream and Chucky that can really be on the next Mount Rushmore. You know, the Mount Rushmore is the original four. But if you were going to add to it, Freddy, or I mean, um, Ghostface, Chucky, have very much right to be on that list because mm-hmm. Chucky has a, has a following, has a pull, scream to this day. Fantastic movies. Um, as much as we talk bad about the third one, <laughs> they're still fun. <laughs> they are. They're fun. The, and fourth, the fourth one is, is unwatchable. I know. No, it's <laughs> literally. Uh, I could. 
it, I want to say it's on there now. But uh, I checked the other week. It's not. Uh, but it's a Weinstein movie. All Weinstein movies are out. Oh, they're still good though. Like Kevin Spacey movies, they're still good. <laughs> you still watch that '70s show, don't you? Uh, but uh, but there are probably a handful that are going to get franchised eventually. The problem, it's not really a problem, but with the newest horror movies we've been having, they're so fucking good that they don't need to be franchised. Mm-hmm. Back in the 80s, it was all about franchising. I need someone who can be popular, who can be quick on the trigger. Yeah, I got it. In the 90s, they played on that a little bit more. Uh, the closest thing you could have done is probably the killer from I Know What You Did Last Summer, the trench coat guy with the hook. But other than that, no, no one ever comes close. Um, it's almost kind of like, think of it like your universal stuff, the mummy, Dracula, Frankenstein, uh, the Black Lagoon. Those guys, Wolfman, you know, those guys were iconic for the time. Mm-hmm. And now we have a new icon set. And then eventually we're going to have another icon set. So it just takes time. Um, some of the mo- newest horror movies out there right now are just fantastic. They're blowing it out of the water. Um, and it's been a while since we've had a really good run of horror movies. Because uh, they, they, make, they make going to the movies fun. They do. Um, and you need, you, know, you need that levity a little bit. Um, I'm really hoping comedy does the same thing because they don't invest in comedy movies at all anymore. Well, a lot of people are kind of putting uh, hopes on uh, the machine to do well. And if the machine did well, it was going to kind of rejuvenate comedies. I don't. uh, You you did not. You had people who were in the comedy business still writing and then they got out of it. And now the newest guys in comedy will not do it. So like uh, that's on them. Um, but, you know, always the next go-around. That's right. And just like with every next go-around, there will be another go-around of the Couch Brotatoes. Hopefully next week, if we can get this all together, there will be definitely a week off as I'm moving because I'm not going to be moving all day and then podcasting and then editing and then unpacking some more. Sorry. Got to put a halt on something. We'll podcast <laughs> while we move your shit. Yeah, hey, fuck it. We'll do a live stream. Oh, yeah. hey, I'll, we'll do a live stream. I'll put my fucking Venmo up there. Y'all can Rachel! hold the fucking camera <laughs> you, they, they can uh, live stream tip me as I'm moving <laughs> but if you dig what you're hearing here definitely check out the other shows on the network history we forgot and cryptic conspiracy cult both co-hosted by the one the only Chris Morrison then we've also got the couch potatoes and something good for you and this fucking guy and those guys have been killing it they've got a nice little backlog so definitely give them your support give them some subscribe and if you like what we're doing hop into the discord and tell us that you do uh we've got a nice growing community in there thank you so much to everyone that's been signing up here lately and yeah let's keep the ball rolling and you never know what extra little tidbits and fun stuff we're gonna do in the discord because we've been slowly chatting about it but think it'd be fun to arrange a game night or something in the discord so if we can get enough people together and work up some cool ideas we'll definitely get that to go chris will hopefully stay in the discord a little bit more often if he gets laid off here soon (laughs) (laughs) that'll be my highlight but for this episode of the couch potatoes i've been alex and chris do you have any sort of horror final thoughts check out 
everything from 2023 and 2022 in horror. Fan-fucking-tastic. That'll I'm, also be another episode. Yeah, so that'll be the review of the year coming up. But please, go out, check out your streaming services, check out horror, check out Shudder. Let me know what you think in the Discord, and I'll tell you if it's good or not. You've been listening to the Something Good Network. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Instagram, and check out the other great shows on the network. Link is in the episode description.